welcome to the Luncheon with Lisa show. Um, we are here for another Thursday. We only have one more show after this week. And I promised you all that all the shows in December were going to be absolutely inspiring. And tonight will prove just that. Um, and we want to get you prepared for the holidays. We think this is a time for inspiration. So why not have some people on here who are going to inspire you? Um, and we have some young energy in the house today, which I'm excited about. I always like to have young people on the show. But before we get started, I actually wanted to say happy birthday to all the people celebrating birthdays. You all know how I feel about birthdays. Um, April, of course, in Taurus is, is the best because it's me. But <laughs> I love celebrating birthdays. So enjoy your birthdays, everybody who's having about, I think it's Sagittarius season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm not sure. And I also wanted to say happy anniversary to all those who are celebrating love. Y'all know I'm mushy gushy. Um, so I always love to see people celebrating love. And it's not just, you know, husband and wife, but just family, mothers, daughters, fathers, sons, um, just out there doing your thing and happy anniversary to people with new positions um just started their jobs whatever it is congratulations to all of you on all that you are doing out there i do want to do a special congratulations because today is actually also the day that my sister is being sworn in as judge erica dove um in georgia and we are ecstatic about her and we'll be celebrating her today but I, i'm just i'm at a loss for words but i do want to tell you all that i'm warning you on your timelines to just bear with me because i will be sharing any moment that i can because this is huge on so many levels um I mean, it's Black Girl Magic. It is standing up and doing something that a lot of people are scared to do. Um, she believed she could and she did. Um, of course, she's my baby sister. So to see her flourish and grow, she did come out of Howard. So for Bisons, I know you all are celebrating her in a wonderful way. So just congratulations. It's huge and we're here for it all and we're supporting her. So we're here on location in Atlanta um, to make sure we're here for this special occasion. So I wanted to do that special shout out. So what we want to do is go into introducing our guests. So we have two wonderful guests here. We have Keisha and Zahara Weeks. So I'm going to give you a little information about Zahara. And then we're going to have some conversations because I think you'll be inspired um, by her story and her journey. Um, and then also, I want you to continue to follow her and follow Keisha and, and watch how she moves. I think we need to pay attention to our young people. They're teaching us something. Um, sometimes we sleeping on them. Um, so, but not tonight. We're not sleeping on our <laughs> young people tonight. So Zahara Weeks is a 13-year-old warrior with sickle cell. And you put sickle cell SS. Does that have a particular meaning? Yes, because it's different variations of sickle cell. So sickle cell SS is the one that typically when you refer to sickle cell anemia. Okay. Uh, we're looking at. Okay, so we're going to talk more about that because I think a lot of people don't understand that like I didn't. Um, so we'll talk a lot about that. So she is an avid reader, which I love because I'm a publisher, reader, and writer. So right up my alley, a singer and published author. That's what I'm talking about. And then loves school and has maintained a 4.16 grade point average. So that's what we talking about tonight. So take this quick minute, share this with your grandmothers, your grandfathers, your aunts, your uncles, your other friends. I'm hoping Zahara that you shared it with your friends, have them tune in because this is actually a family show. Um, and we want everybody to know about what you're doing. She aspires to be a pediatric physician 
one day, specializing in either hematology or gastri gastroenterology. Gastroenterology. When you that, that that word right there. <laughs> That was a tongue twister. <laughs> Zahar's journey with sickle cell has not been easy, but she always seems to see the bright side and is grateful for her faith and her village that supports her along the way. As a school psychologist by profession, advocacy, advocacy came naturally for Keisha. So when Zahara was born, it was important for her to share their story in order to educate others about sickle cell. Together, Keisha and Zahara have shared their story by partnering with NIH's Cure Sickle Cell Initiative, Children's National Medical Center, Delete Blood Cancer, and more recently have taken their story globally. They have served as guest speakers, panelists with Global Dynamics, Medible, and Estella, Estella mm-hmm. Pharmaceuticals, yep. helping researchers, researchers understand how to make clinical trials more patient-centered. So we want to welcome Keisha and Zahara to the Luncheon with Lisa show. And we're going to get right into it. All and right, the reason... Thank you. Absolutely. This was an easy button. I do want to do a special shout out to Donna Marshall for suggesting that we reach out to you. Donna has been... She's been, she been working. <laughs> um, when she couldn't... She told me about your story. And when she decided to connect us, um, I was like, it was an easy yes. Um, so we, I think we're having some technical difficulties. Um, so we're going to give Zahara and Keisha's um, system a chance to, to scroll in. Um, but what I wanted to let you all know is that this is going to be a really powerful show. A lot of times we don't see young people and hear their journeys about what's going on in their life and how they're standing up and fighting, um, fighting for it. Um, so we're going to be right back. We're going to take a commercial break and we're going to see if we can get um, Zahara and Keisha back in the room.
and we are back. We had some technical difficulties, but I think we're good now. Yeah, so, and that happens. We live, we live. This is real. Okay, life is happening. And we're actually going to talk to Keisha and Zahara about how life happened for her. So I actually wanted to talk to you all about, um, and, and Keisha, you kind of lead us in with when this was discovered and then what steps you took. Because um, I know you went through some things as a mom, as a parent, um, before you could even deal with, you know, what was going on, the combination, because mom's got to do a lot of things all at the same time. But right. talk to us a little bit about that. Right, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so when um, Zahara was a planned pregnancy, um, okay. I was a 35-year-old, first pregnancy, never been pregnant, excited about having a child. I knew that I had sickle cell trait. Um, okay. We knew that it was a possibility that my husband had the sickle cell trait. We weren't 100% sure. Um, so just from the beginning, as happy as we were when we discovered we were expecting, it was already met with a little bit of fear and anxiety because, you know, we knew some things about sickle cell. Right. Um, so just even going before she was born, just the emotional part of um, what ifs, you know, right. what can we expect? What could life possibly be like? But still trying to be, you know, positive and faithful and hoping that like it's only a 25% chance that if two people have sickle cell trait, there's a 25% chance that the child would be born with sickle cell. So we're like, we have a 75% chance of it now. That's happening. right. Like, we're going right. go with that. You know, my child likes to be the uh, underdog. So, you know, she started early with that. Um, but, you know, when we found out that um, after we had her, you know, they do the heel prick. So okay. babies are when they do the blood test. And so that's typically, um, that's put in place to just look at lots of genetic disorders that babies could possibly have. And so sickle cell is part of that blood panel. Um, so some time went by and it was like, well, no news is good news. We hadn't heard right. anything. I came home one day and there was a certified letter in my door. And that's how I found out she had sickle cell. And the face she made is the face I made too, because it's like, what a way to find out that your your brand new baby has a sickling disease. Well, that's so. what I was getting ready to ask you. Is that <laughs> typically the way they notify you? I mean, I'm thinking phone call or I don't know. Right. Yeah, well, I don't, I still I still don't really have that real answer. Um, and okay. I have shared that on multiple platforms <laughs> and have petitioned that they find a better way if they have not already done so. Um, but the Maryland State Department of Health does, they sent out that letter. So they reach out because I guess, you know, the results from those blood tests go to them. And then they reached out to, to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that was a fluke that I had not been contacted by her, uh, doctor. Right. Too, but that's how I found out. Needless to say. Um, and if you can just imagine, you know, my hormones were already interested because I just had a baby. Right. And just the overwhelming emotions and the fear and the anxiety that overcame like it was so um, much for me to even just think about it much more talk to you know anyone about it well i'm um, thinking that it was probably double that because you probably felt like maybe we actually got past this hurdle um, right so you kind of let it go and was more so relieved and then mm -hmm. it was like you yep. smacked your face with it that's absolutely what it was um i was checking so we have kaiser and so okay. I was checking, like, let me just see if we got any lab results. Let me find out if anything. And I got, you know, I didn't have anything. So I was like, okay, I think we may be good. So I was extremely surprised to come on, you know, to find that letter. Um, and so, and that was it. It was, you know, your child may have a sickling disease and um, 
I actually felt a little reprimanded by the representative, the, the person that I spoke to. So it was like, you know, call this number. And it was, you know, we've been trying to reach you. Your child has this disease. She needs to be seen by a physician. So of course, again, that just added on to just the guilt right. of, I haven't done what I need to do. Well, I didn't know. So right. it started typically um, when a child is diagnosed with a sickling disease and they don't call it sickle cell initially. Okay. Um, because they want you to go in and their follow-up things, even though they know that's what it is. Um, so typically they want the children to be seen by a hematologist by the time they're like eight weeks. Okay. So she started, um, her journey of being, you know, at the doctor's office and stuck and testing all of that, you know, very, very young. Right. Um, and so that's where we were. So we were going to children's national, um, you know, just a lot of information learning what it meant. Um, I'm a former uh, middle school teacher. I taught math, okay. science, and health, and sickle cell was a unit, you know, that I shared. So I thought between me having sickle cell trait and like actually teaching, I thought I knew, you know, a significant all, amount about sickle right, cell. All there is to know. It, 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 I was proven wrong really, really early um, wow. that what I knew was just the tip of the iceberg of what life is like with sickle cell. Um, wow. So it was just, it was a lot of learning how to care for a newborn, newborn and just processing all of that. In fact, we didn't even really tell people for a while because it was just too much to talk about. Right. I can we imagine. Navigate what life was going to be like for us. So just, you know, our immediate family knew. So it was, it was a process. So that's kind of how we started. Um, and that was, um, so that was, you said she was eight weeks. So you, you this was from the get go that you were actually tackling this. Um, yeah. And I guess automatically that's what, you know, parents do is they dive right in and find out, OK, what do I need to know about this? What I need to do? How do I handle her? So what right. kind of things um, as she got older, were there kind of milestones? Um, you know, how difficult was it? Um, were there up moments that you can share or even like challenging moments that people that may be going through this are, you know, like, what do I do? How did you all make it through this? Do you have anything right. to share? Yeah. So with, with sickle cell, I mean, you really do have to dive in early because she's immediately put on um, medication. So okay. um, children with sickle cell have to be on an antibiotic. It's typically penicillin and they're on it every day. And it's um, not a dose as if they had a, um, an infection, but it's considered what they call a prophylactic because with okay. sickle cell, silent damage to all of your organs. Because if you think about it, your blood, you know, goes to every major part of your body. So it, it provides mm -hmm. the oxygen and the nutrients to everything. So anywhere where blood goes can be impacted if it's not enough oxygen in that blood. So okay. she had to start um, penicillin early. Um, our first year was actually more of our anxieties around learning what to do and trying to stay on top of things mm -hmm. and it looks very different everybody's sickle cell journey is is so very different um she didn't have a lot of issues her first year but shortly after her first birthday was when it you know when it all hit the fan okay um, so she started having what's called splenic sequestration and what happens is with sickle cell for um for those who don't know so sickle cell happens in the red blood cell where um it loses um the oxygen the hemoglobin is is lower and instead of having like a round blood cell that goes through your veins easily and mm -hmm. you know very malleable as the cells die um the average red blood cell li lives about 120 days okay. and so a sickle 
blood cell may live about maybe about 30 days. So as they die and they lose that hemoglobin, they become a sickle shape. And so if you think about like a crescent moon, okay. and so they can get jammed because they're they're getting stuck in different places. Um, and so that's what causes what most people know about pain crisis. Okay. But what I didn't, you know, you don't know is that when those sickle cells crowd up in different organs, they cause challenges. So her, her um, cells are being pulled in her spleen. Okay. Typically, your spleen, you should never feel it. Your spleen kind of hides behind your rib cage. Um, but when she would have crisis, her spleen would grow so large that it would drop to below her belly button. And it's considered a life-threatening condition. Wow. Um, so because it's all stuck there, the blood can't go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, you know, our, our first challenge of, of what that was. And so she had to start getting blood transfusions anytime she had that. Um, and so by the time she, just before she turned two, she had had so many, they say that if you have two, you're likely going to have them ongoing and every child doesn't have those. Okay. So we made the decision to have her spleen removed. So okay. she had her spleen removed just before turning two. Oh, wow. Um, so so that's going at the tender age of two. Yeah. Right. Having gone through so much. Yeah, but it was, you know, she giggles and in her book, she talked about it, how we tell her that after that surgery, it was like we had a whole new child because we didn't know, you know, that's all we knew was her right. with, you know, the challenges that came with that. But when that spleen removed the level of energy and life that she had just the next day, you know, assured us that as difficult as that decision was, it was definitely the best decision that we could have made for her at that phase um, in her life. So she's had surgery since then. Um, she's had her gallbladder removed. Okay. And that was third grade, third grade. Um, when they removed it, they said that she had over 50 gallstones. Oh, and wow. that is common with um, people with sickle cell. Um, okay. Have, and even with the spleen, most children who don't have to have their spleen removed, um, most patients with sickle cell, their spleen, pretty much dies by the time they turn 10. Wow. So let me, let me ask you, um, because this is a journey that you and Zahar took together and then you all made it really a global platform to kind of teach other people about this. So how did you decide, um, because I guess every parent is different on how they decide to pull their child into this journey. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you did it in a major way to me is, it's amazing because you're actually pouring into other people. Um, you didn't just go through it with your family and keep it private. You actually like, okay, we need to show other people right. what's going on, teach them. So what kind of conversations did you all have and how did you all decide to kind of pull her in to where now she's, you know, embraced it, talking about it, uh, which makes it so much more powerful because, you know, it's her story. Um, and you led her to that. How did the conversations get to where, okay, Zahar, we're going to talk about this. Right. Well, once we got to the point where it was like, okay, this is the life that this is what we have. Right. And mm -hmm. so we began to share our story. Of course, we share with our family and um, just me wanting to bring more awareness about sickle cell. I mean, sickle cell is a disease that affects multiple ethnicities, but it's primarily a disease of people of color. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, people of African descendant, um, but it's also Mediterranean, um, people from Greece, um, Asian, um, 
folks who are of Asian ethnicity also can have sickle cell. But so it was about for me starting just to kind of spread the awareness. But for Zahara, it came from a space of it was important for us to know that this this is her life and this is her journey. And okay. so as parents, the same way, you know, we teach our kids to tie their shoes and their ABCs right. and you need to learn how to read because this is your life. And we have to equip you to be able to navigate that life. It was important for us to make sure that Zahara was a part of her health care um, right. and that she learned early how to advocate for herself. Um, I have pictures as a, as a little person, as a, as a toddler, um, her flushing her own IV, um, telling wow. the nurses where she will want, you know, to get her needles and things as such. And, you know, Zahara, you want to kind of share? Yeah, I was going to ask you, so when, like, what age were you when you really recognized that you were kind of taking you know, this wasn't just my parents that are taking care of me and doing this, but I'm actually an, a major role in what goes on and how this is going to roll out. How, what, what age were you when you were like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to do this? It happened really, um, it was this age. It was like one day it just clicked to me that this was my life when, um, when this day. Because I remember every single time I would go to the hospital, I'd be like screaming whenever they had to, um, to give me a needle. And then I just got over it. It was just like, mm -hmm. this is my life now and I need to figure out how to do it. And so I think I was around kindergarten to first grade pretty okay. early. Um, at the most second grade, because I remember in second grade, that's when I took my wish trip and I was probably over it by then, but at the most second grade. <laughs> well, but and the reason why I thought it's important that you share that is because, I mean, and even with anything, um, and I, I mean, I have to raise my hand on being scared of things as a grown woman. Um, and sometimes it takes someone, you know, a youth or, or someone younger than me to say, okay, look, this, this is what it is. Um, now you got to figure out a way instead of worrying about what could, what this, what that. Now let's figure out my game plan going forward. Um, so you helping a lot of people who haven't yet figured it out and you figured it out at a very young age. Um, and that's why this journey to me was so, uh, you know, I was just like, I got to hear about how she. Um, because, you know, young people, I don't know, something about their energy, it's like they just decide to do it and it's done. And with older people, we have to go through all these steps and, mm -hmm. okay, I got to transition. I got to, we got to do a whole bunch of stuff just to get ready. But you all just decide and then you move in that direction. So what made you, What was it scary when you first started and decided this? Were you intimidated with it or you had just decided, okay, I need to learn what it is that I need to do? And, and keep this going it's more of the opposite really so when i was younger you know i'm young i don't i didn't know all of the things about sickle cell and nobody will ever know everything about sickle cell but right. now so i wasn't that scared um okay. and so getting older and realizing more and more about the disease kind of got me scared but then i realized this is the same disease i had when i was younger so there's no need to be scared wow that's powerful in itself <laughs> yeah. And so it's interesting, too, because one of the things that, of course, as parents, you you censor what you share with your child. Right. So we talked to her about her disease, about this disease. And it was important for us that she understood it because she's not with us all the time. Right. Um, when she was much younger, she actually attended a school that I worked at. So I felt a lot more comfortable. I was there days that I wasn't there. My colleagues knew, um, you know, and I knew that it was somebody that was just a phone call away. But even in that, it was important for us to, you know, have conversations with her about um, 
how to care for herself and how to advocate for herself, how to let the teachers know when something is going on. Um, And when we talk about the fear, there was a time which was for me, extremely difficult. Um, Zahara is, she was an early reader. And so she, you know, would go and read books. And um, as a second grader, the librarian would say, you know, she's the only child in the school that ever checks out the diseases and disorders book. I know when it's not there that Zahara has it. And she had little sticky notes and like, so she's reading things. And so there was a time when she was younger that I remember laying in bed one day and she was like, am I going to die? Wow. Um, And so, you know, she began to understand that there are some potential consequences and, you know, complications that come along with having sickle cell. And so Mm -hmm. uh, that was a really difficult time for us. I bet. Um, and during that time, too, we were looking to see if we could find a bone marrow match for her um, because okay. bone marrow transplant is um, pretty much right now the only cure for sickle cell. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she was worried, like, what if I don't, what if we don't find a match? Does that mean that I'm going to die? You know, and, you know, we're all going to die at some point. Right. But you don't have to worry about that right now, you know. Right. So, um, right. you know, just trying to talk her through those fears and um, just trying to empower her to to be able to advocate for herself and to recognize that there are certain things that we cannot control but the things that we can then we we do that and so learning what works for her and what's helping her to be in a healthier space um and her taking charge of doing those things well and i like that's why i like what you're doing because that conversation what you just shared i mean that's a hard conversation and you're having it before you're ready um because she was such a you know she was she was a reader so she wasn't only just reading she was researching right because um, if you start using post-it notes and stuff like that oh yeah you researching some stuff mm-hmm. so she was already <laughs> grasping the fact that okay so there's something to this it's not like i'm just reading a story about somebody else this is me i'm learning some stuff um and that can be intimidating as a parent because you're almost pushed into a conversation that she wants mm-hmm. And you're not ready for. Right. Um, but I think you all sharing this helps other people because I'm sure that's one of those milestones where we have to have this conversation because that's right. a real question. Um, and you're not sure if she's ready for the answer um, or what's going to happen after you answer the question and right. confirm or not. Um, but I do, um, Zahar, want to, you to share with me. So how was it with your friends? You're getting to an age where you're you know, intermingling with friends and were you seeing differences and did you explain it to them or did you keep quiet with it? Like, how did that go as you started to make friendships and things like that? So, um, like my mom said, I was um, in a school where she was working there. So it was pretty already well known that I okay. had sickle cell. And sometimes I would share to my classmates, I would have sickle cell. But then a few years later, I transferred to a different school. And so I had to do that all over again. And so only really my close friends knew. And then once we got to third grade, fourth grade, it was a little bit more. I remember in fourth grade, every single sub that he had, when I would have my water bottle in class, they'd be like, Miss Weeks, why do you have a water bottle in class? You know you're not supposed to have it. And everybody in the class yelled in sick, she has sickle cell. And that would make me feel good that everybody knew. But um, this year, I explained what sickle cell was to the class again, because there was a lesson um, in health class. And I didn't realize how many people didn't know I have sickle cell. 
because I, I also work for the announcements. And so I one week I um, during Sickle Cell Awareness Month, I explained what Sickle Cell was. And so people, when I did that presentation, people didn't know I wasn't just talking about Sickle Cell, that I had it myself. Well, and that's the, well, so now they believe it in a whole, on a whole nother level because a lot of times, especially when you're young, you're just thinking, okay, that that's over there. It has nothing to do with me. And so to be right here with someone, it, it's, it makes it more, um, I, it might make it easier for them to understand it because they're looking at you. They can talk to you. They can ask questions um, and they know you. So I think a lot of times when, especially when people hear that someone has, you know, whether it's a disease or it's whatever it is, they're thinking that they're going to be able to see it. Right. Um, and, and that's what confuses them. And they're already talking to you and so they're like, I don't understand. So I like the fact that you had done so much research by that time that you were like, look, let me explain to you what's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and you raise a good point too, because like sickle cell is not a disease that we can see. And right. so interestingly enough, some of her greatest challenges have been with adults and not with children. Really? Absolutely. Um, she, she's kind of giggling. We had one school year that was horrendous. Um, and it was an, it was an educator. It was a teacher who, um, you know, I don't know. So with, with sickle cell, because things, you know, they can happen. You can be in pain right now and it could last three minutes. It could last three hours. It could last three days. Um, and so we don't know. Right. And so there would be times that like, let's say if she's saying like, um, I'm, I'm having some pain and I need to lay my head down or I need to get some water. Or I need to go to the nurse. And if she comes back 20 minutes later and she's smiling, it's you couldn't have been in that much pain or you're making it more than what it really is okay minimizing so, the issue minimize in one because they don't understand and then it's just kind of well it still roots goes down to the root of not knowing and um right. she had um she had a, a teacher that made life very difficult for her um one really and because of how they presented um there were students who then you know kind of were not as empathetic as they they could have been and so that was a an entire process and at that time she the principal suggested well why don't you do a presentation and talk to your class including your teacher um about what sickle cell is and so um she shared with the class what sickle cell was and what it looks like and how it presents differently in different people um and so i think to some degree it helped that was a great idea. That was a, actually a really great idea. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking across the board, it should be something that all teachers and, and anybody who's dealing with, you know, children who may have, especially as children, they, they're going to struggle because you're in that, that push of an adult versus a child. You're doing things differently than and have to do things differently than other children. And you have to, you know, manage that because other kids are looking at it, don't understand it. So they're like, mm -hmm. well, why does she get to lay her head down? And you told us, no, you know, all that kind of stuff. But teachers should be kind of prepared for that. Um, so that too is a reason why I like what you all are doing because they do need to know that there are differences and they're not, it's not just sickle cell, but anything that requires different attention based on what's going on. You have all kinds of people sitting in your classroom. You have to know the differences and be able to explain. There's no competition here, but the fact right. that you were able to share that with the teacher and the students kind of helped everybody to understand this is not a game. I'm not looking for attention. 
Um, this is something really real that I have to live with every day. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I love what you all are doing. Um, so let me ask a question, either of you. It, what's what's something you've learned about sickle cell? Um, and I will get into the SS. I really want you all to explain that. But what's something that you learned about sickle cell that you know you didn't know? Um, because you said you yourself knew a little bit and thought, you know, okay, I'm good. And then you learned out. So what's some things that you think people really should know that you learned along the way in researching um, sickle cell? You want to answer first? Okay. Um, me, I didn't know everything about sickle cell, like the actual in-depth. I knew about the symptoms, what it appears like, the pain crisis, but I didn't know how many branches there were two sickle cell. Mm -hmm. So like there's the whole disease, like then there's the pain crisis. Like my mom said, there's the splenic sequestration. Sequestration. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to try to say it, but you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many branches to sickle cell and it's always idolized as usually one thing is the pain crisis. Right. So learning about each different type of like challenge, uh -huh, a challenge you face with sickle cell was really um, was really interesting to me because I was experiencing them and not noticing that it was linked to my disease. Okay. Okay. It was just something that was happening, but you didn't yeah. know that this was directly related to what was going on with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I think I probably would say the same thing just um, as I said earlier, because your blood, you know, goes everywhere. Sickle cell affects everything, even down to, um, so fun fact about Zahara, um, when I had Zahara, um, I had a C-section and okay. so you know, I'm spread out. The, the thing is up, I can't see. And I hear someone say, oh my goodness, I've heard of that, but I've never seen it. You shouldn't say that when people just have <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what does my baby have that this lady in here ain't never seen? So I'm like, go see what she get. What is she talking about? Right. Cause the doctor says, oh, don't worry. She has teeth. And, um, <laughs> Uh, an Asian doctor, and he says, "In my in my con in my country, in my culture, children born with teeth are extremely intelligent." She had two teeth. Really? Yes. So, so the the, the interesting fact of a sickle cell is so as she with these teeth, they were like, "Oh, well, you know, they'll probably fall out. They're neonatal teeth, and they weren't. They actually had roots." But at some point, we noticed um, that the white of her teeth started to look yellow. Okay. And the teeth started to they were brittle and so our teeth started to show the dentin which is the the component that's just under your enamel okay um and when we took her to the pediatric um pediatric uh dentist they said it likely came from a crisis in utero so i had never heard of that i never knew that sickle cell could affect her while i was still pregnant with her so he said it could have been two things the crisis it could have been a crisis in utero or it could have been or a combination of the uh, strong medications that she was getting as a child for pain because morphine is what you know you get when you're having a pain crisis um and right, so it right. the enamel of her, of her teeth so when i think about sickle cell i'm not you know i'm thinking like she said pain crisis i'm not thinking your teeth i'm not thinking um, your heart. I didn't know that children who have sickle cell, specifically SS, are at like a, um, I think it's almost like a hundred times more likelihood of having a, of a, a stroke. 
Okay, um, so that was new to me. So just seeing how this disease affects from head to toe um, was just eye opening. I bet. Well, look, you've taught me a couple of things because um, that's going to stay with me because I guess it is unusual for baby be born with teeth. Um, and I didn't even know that, you know, what he told you about that. With, with, so you are, well, all children are <laughs> blessings, but, you know, to know that and him tell you that is it, actually probably put a smile on your face because <laughs> earlier than even knowing, you know, what was going on with her, it, it was, yeah, it was like double blessing. Right. Um, She's going to be smart as a whip. I know you was like, well, my baby got Listen, <laughs> and we always say because she's such a, she's such a great student. She's a, she loves learning. And, you know, we tell her often, you know, the, the, the doctor said that when you came out, like it was prophetic. He told her she was going to be smart. <laughs> That's right. Um, and I'm all for it. Look, when I read um, what you sent over to me and saw that she loves school, because you don't hear that a lot. Um, I kind of connected with Zahara on that level because I was one of those kids who <laughs> I was not with a lot. A lot of my friends were like, what? You like school? But I really did like school. Um, I didn't want to miss school. I wanted to be in school and it wasn't for social purposes. I actually enjoyed learning. And I remember being in school, especially reading because I was an English major in college. I tell you how much I love reading and writing. Okay. Um, and people are like, what are you going to do with English? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you got to read and write with everything you do. Even if you're going to be a, a doctor, you got to read and write. Right. Um, right. But I loved the reading, I think, and I'm probably aging myself so hard. She'd be like, I don't know what she's talking about. But back when we were in school, in elementary school, you had these different levels of reading. And you had to finish that reading level, and then you can move on to the next. And I used to, in class, I was trying to read all of them, you know, in the first 15 minutes, because I want to get to the next level. It was just like, mm -hmm. a, almost like a competition to me, because I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to read everything. Like, bring mm -hmm. it on. Um, when they were like, oh, let's stop for the day. No, no, no. I can do, you know, three more in the next level. Um, so reading is just everything. So when I hear young people loving to read, um, that's a good thing uh, So on so many levels. Um, so never lose that. Um, because even as someone who loves to read, there are times when I just don't find the time. But um, in reading, you're, you're always teaching yourself. Um, mm -hmm. So please keep that energy and continue to pour that into young people because I think you get away from the books. So tell me a little bit, since we're talking about reading and writing, tell me about this published book. When did you decide that not only am I going to talk about this, but I'm going to make this permanent? When did you decide to do that? So ever since I was little, I would write little books. Like I would okay. make books. I would write, make cards for my parents on like Valentine's Day and stuff like that. I would, I love to write somewhat books when I was little. And so my counts, uh, my child life specialist, she, um, she told me one day that there was a program she saw in a meeting that I could write my own book. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> So I started getting on that as soon as I can. And I, the process was pretty hard, but as soon as you got the, I got the flow of it, I felt like it was just like instant. Like I knew what to say. We knew, we knew how to do the book. It was kind of like um, an easy process after a while. And it just really, 
um, made me feel like I was going to make a difference. And it was really, mm-hmm. that was really the best part because I wanted to help other people. My, my, even my, the, my future career path, I want to be a hematologist. That's helping other people. I like, I just really want to affect the world in a positive way. And so as, as long as I can do that, it's going to make me happy. So writing this book really made me happy. She has a way with words too. I'll just say that. <laughs> I love it. So where do you want this journey to take you? Like you said, you've you published a book. Um, what what else do you see yourself accomplishing in the next few years? Because um, you have a major platform um, and I actually haven't heard a lot of conversation around sickle cell, um, unfortunately. So that was another draw in um, because I think people just get comfortable um, with saying, okay, I've heard of it. But they never go that next step to find out, okay, well, what is this? Um, You know, maybe some of you are walking around and haven't really, you know, figured out that maybe there's something going on with you and you don't know. Um, um, So where do you want this to take you? Like, I know what you want to be when you, your career, but I'm assuming that you're probably not going to let this platform go. Um, You can't, right? (laughs) But where do you want this to take you? It's really for me about the opportunities that I have. Like I said, I want to be a hematologist. When I become a hematologist, I want people to know about me. I want to be able to help other people at the best way possible. So really spreading my name out there is the best um, thing for me and also helping other people in the process of trying to make my goals and trying to get better at the things that I love to do, um, which is advocating about sickle cell and hopefully treating people with sickle cell. Um, I love it. And I want to say a special shout out to your mom. Um, well, to your parents, um, because I can tell that you are you all are very involved with her, um, which I think just kind of made this a whole wonderful thing. I have a lot in my mind that I can't really put in words right now, but to watch how you all have poured this out. Um, and she's so articulate in how she's explaining this. And a lot of times young people don't know how to put the journey into words and she not mm-hmm. only did that but she actually put it on paper right. um and it's not even like she was just writing in a journal she published something like right. the levels that she goes to are like amazing at her age um but i i say congratulations to you all because a lot of parents they break down they don't know what to do um they get lost which mm-hmm. makes the journey even harder for their children to get through it so, you know, kudos to you all for, you know, just kind of grabbing the bull by the horn and saying, let's do this. And then you all instilled this in her. This is this is you doing mm-hmm. this. She took this, I can tell. She took some this <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's yeah, for me, I I one day read um an article about um one of my favorite TV shows, but you'll see how it links. So it's it's about silently not silently but casually adding implements to a character and so mm-hmm. one of my implements when god made me a character is having sickle cell and so in my life even though i have sickle cell people don't be like oh my god that's the girl who has sickle cell no they know me as the horror weeks not the girl who has sickle cell so that's really what's important for, to me so i'm not letting it be all that i know all that i talk about it's really just adding it to the mm-hmm. conversation so i can still spread it not still only being the mm-hmm. horror weeks the girl who has sickle cell 
Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that we've, you know, kind of pushed with her that sickle cell doesn't define you, but it is a part of who you are. Um, and one day I asked her because as a parent, if I could, if I could take it away, I would. Right. And so I asked her one day, if things could be different and you could be born without sickle cell, would you? And I was so surprised because she said, no. And I said, you wouldn't want to be born without sickle cell with like all the needles, all the hospital states, all the things that she says, mommy, it's, it is part of what has made me who I am. And so if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be who I am today. And so like, you know, you spoke about how like we have so many things that we can learn from young people. And I so appreciated her response because it is like you, you are who you are because you are a culmination of the experiences that you've had in life. And this is a part of that. Um, so that that's a huge ble- to, to have that kind of and I'm not just saying this to be saying this to have that kind of insight. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, I know adults who have not grasped, you know, right. that this is, this is my journey. Um, and then to me, embrace right. whatever it is about you that's different. It's unique. And, and here's the thing. I mean, I do believe that, you know, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. So no right. one could have handled this journey, but you. So how are we to question what was given to us when mm-hmm. it was given to us for a reason yep. um and and i like that uh, some people do not but you have followed your assignment um and that'll even make more sense as you get older because it took you know it took me a while to figure it out <laughs> but i like what you, I, I just love what you're doing i love your energy she just she's smart as a whip um i I just love kids who read. I just can't, I can't say that enough. Even kids who are really good readers, but they just don't like books. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people that love, and I don't know if this is you, I love books in my hand. I know that we're in the world of technology and you can do the digital. I, I just need to touch mm-hmm. the book and the poem. Barnes and Nobles. We passed the Barnes. She's like, Mommy, pull over. Can we please go? Yeah. Look, I lo- it makes my heart smile just knowing that that's your part of your journey. And when you mentioned when she was younger and she was using post-its, that was a, a true sign to me that mm-hmm. that is a writer reader because that's just what we do. Okay. Yeah. Post-its, notes, there's stuff everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So I love it. Uh, so Share a little bit with me, Zahar, about what you do to have fun. Um, what, what do you do with your friends? What What are your other goals? Are you going to write again? Are we doing another published book? Are we doing a movie? Like, what's going on? I wish we could do a movie. But <laughs> hey, that, that could be on the agenda. <laughs> it could. Just as long as it's not live action, because I can't act. Um, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, but... Yes, I do plan on making another book, um, okay. but we don't know how far in the future that may be. Um, for fun, I do like to read. I do like to, um, I like to watch um, YouTube videos on arts and crafts. Okay. I like to do arts and crafts. Um, really, I'm a hands-on kind of person. So sometimes um, actually like doing things with my hands. Um, okay. Um, like you may not know about the types of learners, but I am a combination of a tactile learner and a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So um, part of the reason why I feel like I'm so smart is because those are the two ways that schools usually teach, right? Mm-hmm. So visually you get to see stuff and um, you've, you're you physically writing on the paper. So that's what I feel like 
that's why I feel like writing and reading is so important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like the majority of my time is talking with my friends, having social interactions, okay. and doing things on my own because I'm an only child. So musician, musician. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a musician too. So I play ukulele, I play the piano. Um, I barely know the guitar, but I'm gonna add that in there. <laughs> add it. That's it. And sing. I saw singing. So what do you like to what do you like to sing? What era what what era of music or is it are you know, what kind of music? I really like a wide range of music. Okay. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really like country music though. You don't like That's country. really only one I don't like. They have a slow beat, is that usually the tempo stays the same. Um, okay. And they all talk about the same things, um, <laughs> usually, typically. <laughs> so it's it's not that's not the genre I usually go for. But um, I usually do all right, um, all like types of songs as long as it fits in my range. Okay. Are there any instruments you're adding to that list? Um, I'm trying to add, um, I'm trying to add guitar in to my list, um, more. Um, and I'm also, I haven't really started this yet, but I'm trying to go back. I used to do flute. So, um, I'm trying to implement flute again. I I think you can do it all. It's funny that you mentioned, um, arts and crafts. So I am a crafter. Um, always have been since I was little. I loved, I just love crayon in my hand or, or pencil. I just, yeah. My mother always said, you're going to do something artsy. I made my, you know, my daughter, when she was younger, I made her borders because, you know, as a single mom at the time, I couldn't afford borders. They were expensive. So I just got to stencil and carved it out and put them all over the ceilings and things. I love, like you said, I like to be doing things with my hands. I do wreaths and um, yeah, I got to be crafting. Um, I think it's good for your mind to just use your hands to create. She um, recently did a chess club when you said something about good for your mind. She just joined the chess, the chess club. Oh, you ain't saying nothing about the chess. Okay, so you ain't saying nothing about the chess because I need to learn how to play chess. And actually, I have a friend of mine who has a chess club in Waldorf. Um, and they do tournaments and things like that. So I was like, you got to teach me how to do this because it is that strategy thinking. Um, it keeps your mind moving. Um, so mm-hmm. crafting is my thing. I played the violin in elementary school, and yeah, my friends were like she is such a nerd. Um, but I'm okay with being a nerd. Um, I, I love, I love, I played the violin all through elementary school. Um, I tried to go on to the clarinet because a lot of people were playing it, but the violin was my thing. I did play the piano a little bit, so I loved hearing that too. It's just that I didn't read the music the right way so i played by ear um which could be challenging because <laughs> yeah the teacher would always say she's she's wonderful but that's yep. not the note that was on the paper <laughs> or just i need you to look that listen if her when her teacher watches it she's gonna giggle because that's her thing she's like because she'll play a song and then it's like next thing you know she's playing it but she's memorized it after playing it twice and the teacher's like i want you to read <laughs> yes, I, I relate totally. I have absolutely enjoyed um, meeting with you all and would love to have you all come back. I think that what you've shared um, before we go, though, we're going to go to a commercial break and then I want to come back and have you explain the sickle cell SS real quick. Um, okay. And then we're going to have like a TikTok moment to motivate people to go into the weekend. Um, I, I'm a 
I always tell, share with everybody, my husband and I like people watchers. Um, and I think TikTok is like perfect for people watchers because there's a lot of people on TikTok doing some interesting things, but yep. they do have some powerful messages out there. Um, so I, it's, it's inspiring. And just like I think your story is, um, we're going to inspire people with your, your interview and then also with the TikTok moment. So we'll be right back. And then you all are going to help us to understand a little bit more about sickle cell for before we say goodnight. You just saw, um, we actually are having our very first um, Hidden Treasure Awards this December 17th, and it's sponsored by my online magazine, Dove Style Magazine. We're very excited um, to award some people who I feel, I think, um, Keisha, you um, mentioned something earlier about Zahara and Underdog, and it was funny that you mentioned that as well, because Hidden Treasure Awards, I decided to do because I wanted to actually acknowledge those people who um, a lot of times there's there's wonderful people out here doing amazing things and a lot of people get acknowledged but there are mm -hmm. there's a group of people who don't um and I, I am those those are my people um mm -hmm. and i feel like sometimes we need to shine that light a little bit brighter Absolutely. because a lot of times we're continuing to spotlight the same people and i'm mm -hmm. just making the suggestion that there's some other hidden treasures that we're sleeping on um, and I'm taking this opportunity to um, award some people and just let them know I see you. I see what you're doing. Um, and although it's quiet, you're behind the scenes, you're kind of like that unseen leader or um, you're doing some amazing things and nobody has yet given you your flowers. I'm going to do that at the Hidden Treasure Awards. And this is the first of many um, because I think there's a lot of amazing talent out here. There are a lot of inspiring story, stories like yours. And I like when people take those opportunities to spread the word. Um, so thank you for what you all are doing in the community. But before we go to our TikTok moment, tell us a little bit about what sickle cell SS really means. So there are multiple um, variations of sickle cell. And so uh, when, a, when a person is born with sickle cell, so with, within our, um, our blood, our hemoglobin, there are like different, um, I guess, strands for lack okay. of a better word. 
And so when you get a sickle gene from your parent, from your mother and the sickle gene from your father, mm -hmm. it's considered like capital S, capital S. And so that's what okay. is sickle cell anemia. And um, that's typically considered to be one of the um, more challenging form variants of sickle cell. So okay. there are multiple ones, but there are four like kind of prominent ones. So you would have the sickle cell SS, then you have sickle cell SC. So you get one S um, strand and one C. And so okay. a lot of those are like people who are um, in the Mediterranean, um, Asian, what have you, they were more likely have SC. Then you have sickle beta, sickle plus beta thalassemia. A lot of times people who are of Caribbean descent, um, okay. West African may have that. And then it's um, sickle, I think it's hemoglobin D. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm not as familiar with that, but so there are different variants of it. And um, most of them are a little milder. So with sickle cell, well, the beta, the beta thalassemia one can be, can look like sickle cell SS. Okay. Um, but if it has sickle cell SC, typically, um, their complications are a lot milder. Than, okay. um, that's what they, you know, for the so, most part. And, and I think that's a lot to know because uh, I didn't know any of the different strands. So, you mm -hmm. know, you hear about sickle cell and you think it's just that one, one thing. thing. You got sickle mm -hmm. cell, that's it. Um, mm -hmm. But to know that there are different, you know, paths right. um, and all are levels of difficulty, um, mild versus not so mild, that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, is great information. I didn't know that. Um, and when I've never seen sickle cell SS written before, mm -hmm. um, so that's what drew me into just, okay, right. that means something. She put it there. So right. that means something. You gotta so mean something. Just yeah. over, like, okay. But I was like, no, that's there for a reason. So yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so I'm hoping that I can bring you back so that you can share more. Um, yeah, and I we'd love to come back and share. Absolutely. And I wish you all uh, much success on your journey and sharing. Please continue to shine a light on this. Um, and like I said, my platform is available to you at any time. Thank um, you so much. Absolutely. So what yeah. we're going to do, and we didn't follow our regular protocol just because I wanted you and Zahar to really share your journey. Um, sometimes we go into a luncheon with Lisa moment um, where we talk about what people are lunching about in the world. Mm -hmm. um, now if you it's, got, a <laughs> it's a lot of luncheon going on. And for, look, and that's a word for us because, you know, the first time I said it, somebody I said, doesn't mean I'm bringing you lunch. Right. Um, yeah. No, it means somebody is tripping about mm -hmm. something. Um, but we forwent for that because we wanted you to share your story. But we are going to share this TikTok moment because I think it just relates. Um, and I always like to put something positive out there to, to go into the weekend. And again, I want to remind everybody that you all can come to lunch with Lisa every Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to, to hear about journeys just like this. I also want you to connect with them. Um, and I forgot, can you all share your information um, where they can contact you to possibly learn more or see where you're speaking. Um, can you share your information with us? Yeah, so um, you can find me so on platforms like uh, Facebook, um, just Keisha Weeks, K-E-S-H-A-W-E-E-K-S. -E -E I often share a lot about Zahara. Um, mm -hmm. You can look at uh, Z Marley Warrior Princess. Okay. Um, and if you want to reach us by email, you can email us at a warrior and her mom at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, that's it. 
and a I'm warrior and her mom. A warrior that? and her mom. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So what we're going to do right now is along with everybody who's watching, uh, we're going to take a TikTok moment um, and please reach out to Keisha, um, follow them. Um, follow their journey. Um, I think there are a lot of people out there that maybe don't know what to ask um, and don't know who to ask. So I'm hoping that we're providing you with at least, you know, one avenue of um, some clarity. Um, and Keisha, you uh, you already kind of knew a little something about sickle cell, um, but this journey was something for you too. Um, yeah, it was part of your assignment. Was you're going to know still learning. Things think you need to write <laughs> you're gonna learn more and you're going to teach other people um so um you all can come to our page lunch and release we can run the show at any time you're also going to find the show streamed on all the podcast platforms spotify iheart um google radio the, all those um apple radio those kind of things so you'll find it there um and on lunch and release page and all of my platforms we run the show so there's no excuses for not come tuning in the lunch with Lisa and find a little bit more about Keisha and Zahara. So we're gonna take a TikTok moment. We're gonna watch with them, Keisha and Zahara, and then we're gonna come back and say goodnight. You, you got to be careful how you handle people that are gifted because when somebody's gifted I don't care what kind of pit you put them in they'll get out of it I don't care what kind of lie you tell on them they'll get out of it I don't care what kind of prison you put it in they'll get out of it I want to talk to some people that have gotten out of some stuff that people put you in and thought you'd never get out of it. But because of the level of the gift that's down inside of you, I don't care how deep the pit was, sooner or later God will get you out of it. I don't care how the eyes that have been told on you, pretty soon God will get you out of it. I don't care if they put you in prison. After a while, you'll be running the prison because you're gifted. One thing you can do, you can take my coat, but you can't take my gift. You can take my clothes, but you can't take my gift. Here you can have my watch, but you can't take my gift. My gift is not in my watch. My gift is not in my shoes. My gift is not in my clothes. My gift is not in my car. So that's our TikTok moment. Just a little motivation. Um, and I'm going to connect that with Zahar. You are showing people how to get it done. You're showing people how to handle whatever life gives you. Um, yeah, you made your lemonade and uh yeah you're offering some of it to them so i'm asking people to take a sip okay check it out um there's a way there's a way to get this done um zahara you're showing them how to get it done keisha thank you for just doing what you do i think parents don't get enough kudos when they pour into their children um to help them maneuver through life because you know at times you won't always be able to be with her and i think you can walk with some comfort in knowing that Zahara can hold her own. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because of y'all. So um, thank you. great job. Great job. And thank you so much for coming to lunch with Lisa. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I've been really excited about the December shows. Um, we have one more before we take a break till um, February. But I did share with Donna that I thought these were very inspiring going into the holidays. I love Christmas and I love the giving. And this is giving of yourself um in a in a in a different way it's not all about the gifts i mean i know that's what we do mm -hmm. but really it's about sharing journeys like this to inspire people that you can get through this um and i thank you all for doing that for others so 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and if we could be wonderful weekend. Go ahead. Thank you. And I was about to say, if we could just leave you all and your viewers with a word Absolutely. that we remind ourselves of is that um, we, I often, often tell Zahara that anything in life that we're facing, we were already equipped to handle. So there's no situation that she will ever be in that God did not prepare her even before she was formed in me. So any situation that any of you all are facing, whether it's sickle cell or some other disease or just an unfortunate circumstance or a challenging time, you are more than equipped. You have it on the inside. So you have the gift on you. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Zahar, did you have any last words? Um, no, my mom just said it all. <laughs> she said it all. Y'all are a wonderful team. I, I can see it. Thank, can see you. It. Thank you. So you all tune in next week. Um, Thursday, we have another inspiring story. Um, and it's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Luncheon with Lisa. So we'll see you then. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a good one. Bye-bye.